Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is Christmas time and it is King George time, the busiest period of the National Hunt Racing Card. I think there's 11 meetings on Boxing Day itself. We're going to be zigzagging all over across Britain and Ireland, uh, running through the big races over the festive period. And here with a belly full of Christmas puddies, Big Jim Watson, how are you, lad? Hello. Well, I, 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 it could be a, a belly full of miserableness for, for some listeners, <laughs> as, as uh, <laughs> could have, many people may have an upset, upset stomach, as uh, we've just discovered, uh, well, I have recently, uh, that leading Arco Fancy Appreciator is set to remain over hurdles after an untimely setback. So a few of our listeners uh, won't be enjoying the Christmas spirit just yet, and I don't think you will be either, Lou. Nope, all of my Chalk the Matty post are already dead. Because <laughs> on all of them. So a, a lovely Christmas present for everyone there. <laughs> there's, there's loads to get through, Jim. I'm just going to run through all the races in time time order. Uh, if, if you have anything you'd like to say about them, say it. If not, we'll we'll move on quickly. That's fair enough. We'll start with the Knight Frank Juvenile Hurdles, the first race uh, of any real relevance on Boxing Day. Phil Dorr, 8-11, Fav over Luna Power, 11-4, 9-2, Ben Siegel and Britska. Jim, the first two were 1-2 and two, uh, at Fairy House earlier in the month or at the end of November. Uh, see no reason why form should be reversed. Yeah, agreed. Um... Uh, uh, it's not a, a race I, I entirely really have a strong opinion about. Um, the I only really wake up to juvenile races in February. Uh, but I think Phil Dorr uh, looks a, a shades of um, Qualixios almost, I thought, last time. Um, quite was speedy enough for the two miles early on in his career, but I think in time we went a little bit further in um, from the same yard. I think he, he could go on. And, and represent them like this, winning these early early juveniles early on. The first race we'll talk about at Kempton is the Get Your Ladbrokes Free Brett today. Handicap Bothwell Bridge Fault on Fab over Mr. Coffee at six as Danny Kerwin, Manila Trump eight, same price solo. Ten C not heard. The Turf Talk twelve horse Killer Kane is in there at twelve to one as well. Jim, anything worth mentioning in this? Obviously we're recording this on the Tuesday, so we don't have final declarations. Can we throw a nice one up, though, this race? Yeah, and it's a race that a few horses, I was looking forward to being aimed to this race, and they're actually going to be turned up. Um, your darling made a very, very impressive chase debut at Huntingdon. Uh, beat Do You Want to Know, quick draw, uh, some nice horses in behind. Was a little bit disappointing at Aintree behind some better opposition. Um However, I don't think Aintree would have necessarily been her track, uh, been his track. Sorry, um, I think Kempton two mile four. I think our good friend of the podcast, Jake Price, also mentioned this on one of his articles as well. Thinks that this race is, is tailor made for him, and uh, I can sort of agree. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing your da- uh, your darling in this. Danny Kerwin made a, a, a nice chase debut. Uh, Cheltenham behind Annual Invictus and Torn and Fray Favoir, who's franked the form since. Um, looks a nice little race that in time. And, and Danny Kerwin for, for his chase debut, I thought, ran with plenty of credit. Um, Bothwell Bridge was also the same last time at, at, at Sandown. Not a, a strong field, but he, he brushed them aside fairly comfortably. 
Um, his jumping was put to the test and, and he passed with flying colours in that. And the turf top 12 horse, Killer Kane, um, I, I, I thought he ran very, very well on debut behind Papa Tango Charlie, who's won against since a horse who I, I've had a bit of a hatred for for a, for a while now. And Carl Philippe was no mug in second there. I was disappointed with him last time, just not necessarily um, jumping with any fluency and, and never really looked uh, at home after well a fairly short break, just a month between the two. Um, however, it freshened up here. Um, back up in trip to two mile far, I think he'll be a lot better, and and, and I think th- they think a lot of him, and I think um, I think there'll be a, a lot more progression than we'll see him in a better light on Boxing Day. Fair enough, mate. Also at Kempton is a court of star novices chase. This looks like it's going to be a cracker. Jim Brave Man's game is ten to eleven to beat a horse and yaw at eleven to eight, three under through five at six as Miller's Bank tens T click at sixteen, Kiltili Briggs. 25-1. to 1. The market kind of has this as a match. I mean, 6-1 to 1 kind of means a throwing three under through five, a bit of a chance, but I don't think he'll be quick enough at all to cope with, with the top two. I see him more as a as an out-and-out stayer. Brave man's game in a hoist in Yolo. I guess you could say fairly evenly matched on what they've been doing over fences so far. Brave man's game had a more solid Body of form as a novice hurdler, though a hoist and yard turned him over uh, at Aintree last season. And I, I guess they've kind of been quite contrasting types over fences, really. Brave Man's game seems to know his job very well, jumps very cleverly, very efficiently. A hoist and yard isn't quite the the finished article yet, you know, he's, he's, he could still be a bit chancy, but the engine on him is different gravy in it yeah I, I think like you said you, it is an exciting race if they both turn up um, other than the, them two the fielding behind like you said I think three under through fives and out and out stayer and um, you'd like to think he'd be going for more staying races in, in the future um, probably the national chase for him um, but a high senior and brave man's game brave man's game I've been quite quick to pick holes in Every time he's run, and I, I think it's just because, um, just because so many people like him and have compared him to greats like Denman, um, I want to try and pick a hole in him, and and, and for that reason, I, I think I've been a bit unfair on Brayman's game so far. I, I haven't really got him uh, spot on. Um, however, all the fences in compared to a high senior, like you said, he, he's been a lot more solid, and um, I think Kempton three miles for Brayman's game will suit him more than a high senior. I'm not quite sure. Good ground at the, at the minute, which I, there's a fair amount of rain to come, so I'm expecting um, good to soft probably on the day. And I'm, I'm thinking in, in this scenario, I think it'll suit Brayman's game more. However, a high senior was very, very impressive at Newbury. Um, I know the field necessarily wasn't as, as up to standard as usual and uh, you could have said he was slightly underwhelming in his Carlisle race at, at over fences for the first time. But that win at Aintree was, was pretty impressive and I know he beat Braveman's game by seven lengths uh, in the end. But I just felt like Braveman's game had been going all season and, and that was a, a, a tough assignment for the long season he'd had. And I, I'm expecting Braveman's game to reverse the terms here and, uh, and I am a fan of a Hoy Senor but I think Kempton might just be a little bit too sharp for him. And I think Brayman's game's too professional 
to make an error. A bit of the same as we saw last year with Sham Blue and uh, the big breakaway. Sham Blue just knew his job completely throughout, knew what to do, jumped him with supreme ease, whereas uh, the big breakaway jumped like a snooker table and, and ran on strongly in behind. And, and on another day or three more runs time, you'd expect that form to have been reversed. But I I, I think in this, Brayman's game is a horse to beat. I understand that. I understand that completely. I wouldn't be as anti a hoist senior at Kempton as, as you... Well, I don't think you're anti him, but... No, no. You can't be a little bit more positive about uh, him being able to show form at Kempton because I thought he was winning a very, very good race uh, over a shorter trip at Carlisle when, when he unseated on his debut. It really is a, a tricky one, this, because I like both horses. I want to be able to have a go at have a go at something really if it was a if they were two two head in the market we sold little between them at a short price I, I want to you know have a clear preference and not and not like one I think the horse I like more as a longer term prospect is a horse and you're uh, I think he wins the RSA I think he's very possibly the Gold Cup winner in 2023 but like you said, just maybe at this stage, whether Brave Man's game might put him in under a spot of bother by by jumping better and getting into a little bit more of a better rhythm out in front. I think Brave Man's game is the, is the speedier horse in terms of would I trust Brave Man's game to show his form over two and a half miles more than I and yeah, I'd probably say yes. However, is a horse and you're just a a better horse. No one knows how good he is. And that's the that's a tough thing. I think Brave Man's game as good as he is he's a bit of an easier animal to get a grasp on. Yeah. Uh senor I think I'll I think I'll side with him. You know, I, I could see him just bowling along. And if he eats one, he eats one. Do you know what as well at New Brett? Every time he made an error. He didn't seem to lose any ground or any momentum, which might be a bit different at Kempton, given how, you know, how how much of a quick track it is, and momentum might be harder to to keep. You know, I say I think I think he was up against an absolute boat at Newbury any, anyway, in, in Mister Incredible. But I might just go for the horse. I think it's the best horse in the race. You're talking yourself into this. <laughs> yeah, but it is when 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 I come to it, I think maybe just side with the horse. So I think he's the best in the race, and that's a horse and you're at the minute. That's fair. That's fair. I, I like I said, two very nice prospects. We've got three mile chasing. The decision: Would, would you enter a horse and you're in the Gold Cup at this early stage? They're talking but, about it, aren't they? Uh, yeah, doing a corny green. He'd need to, uh, well, he'd need to jump back. Coney Green was a very forward and very professional horse, I thought. I agree. And he's the complete opposite, I think. He's still brought, a horse and Yaris had what? Won a novice, won a novice hurdle at a massive price. Five won starts. Five starts. Is that including his point? Uh, his bumper. Bumper. Yeah, so. It'd be it'd be quick, but look, he's he's that good, 
and that I, I think that there is a dearth of talent in the UK in terms of well, I'm gonna, I don't want to say female chasers, but our two free, our, our best two female chasers who we'll talk about in terms of the King George later, Clan, Clan de Zobo and Frodon, aren't gold cup horses. Yeah. Which means the sort of gold cup trials, maybe, you know, like the Cotswold and the Denman, obviously, Coney Green won the Denman, uh, did he not? And then, you know, they, they, those races become open, and as we saw last year, Clan de Zobo got beat by Secret Investor in that. So there are easier pickings for him to go up against his his elders. I think he'll have a tougher race against Brave Man's Game than he, he could have in a Denman. Yeah. Uh, cracking race. Look, I, I'm not going to have a bet in it because I like them both, and I have. I, I think I think possibly if Brave Man's Game is going to turn form around with a horse, and you know this is a scenario in which he should be capable of it but I wouldn't back him at odds on and I don't I don't think I'd back a horse in your right 11 to 8 would either. you have them even money apiece no I understand why Brave Man's game's favourite I think there are currently fewer fewer flaws to his game especially as to why uh, why they may come out at Kempton yeah than a horse in your what I'd say is, uh, I don't even have any prices, but if you back them both for the RSA, you've got the winner. It's the one the one race, even with Shishkin, it is the one race that Britain will win at the festival this year with these two. There is no chance the Irish have anything to beat us. Ooh, bit of fighting talk already. Well, it's not we'll win everything else, but we can have the RSA. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jim, the Roland Merrick is the feature at Weatherby on Boxing Day. Silver Hall marks 11 to 2, Fab to beat Cloudy Glen. Good boy, Bobby, 13 to 2 apiece. Empire Steel, 7s. Windsor Avenue still knocking about. He's 8 to 1. DBC, 10s. Same price, Mighty Thunder. Then 12s, a cool mix. And Lakeview, lad. Anything you like in this at this stage, pal? I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago for the, was it the, the Racing Post? Uh, Chase Silver Hallmark was was probably going to be my selection, and uh, I think he will probably be mine here. A little bit of an easier race taking on the Northern Boys, um, but I thought ran very acceptably behind Fiddler on the roof at, at, at Carlisle in the Colin Parker, uh, and a horse last year that was very very lightly campaigned. Obviously got the better of Allah, even though uh, he never stayed on his feet. But his, his profile is very, very progressive, and I think there's, I still think there's a fair amount of juice in his mark. He's only seven, and I, I think he's beat a lot of nice horses in behind, and I'm looking forward to seeing him back out again, because I think there's a race similar, something like this, that could be bang up his street. Um, it will be taken on three miles for the first time, which uh, for some people may worry him, but I, I don't think that'll be a worry for him. I, I think three miles will be his game, at, uh, if, if not now, in a, in a couple of years' time. I think um, so. Silver Hallmark is a horse I, I have a lot of time for, and I think he'll go well here. Um, I thought Empire Steel was also eye catching this for Sandy Thompson. I thought he ran very, very well behind Strictly Dancer last time at Haydock, a horse who was clearly on an upward curve and ahead, and, uh, ahead of his handicap mark. 
Um, looked like he was cruising into the race with two to jump. Um, and then just didn't quite have the kick on to, to, to go with Strictly Adanser. And, um, I thought he ran eye catching the last time and I, I was waiting for him to, to come out next. And it's interesting they're stepping him up to something like this. Uh, of course, got the better of protector out of Kelso. Of course, the, the track didn't suit him that day. Um, but Empire Steel's a horse I, I, I'd quite like to keep on, on good side with. And, uh, and I know you're a fan of good boy, Bobby Lou. Do you think he's got a chance here? I think he has a chance. Uh, I don't think I'd back him, though, in this. Uh, my, my angle with him last time was that he was a massive price for a horse stepping up to three miles who always looked like he was wanting three miles. Uh, he was very narrowly beaten and has gone up in the weights. And obviously, now that he's proved he stays three miles, he's, uh, that's factored into the price as well because he's less of a less of a variable there. Uh, I w- I'm close to you in that. I think Empire Steel's got a cracking chance in this, mate. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the ones I was I was keenest on. I had quite a low keen of his chasing campaign last season, but he beat Protectorate. Obviously, Protectorate ran an absolute stinker. Didn't give his running, but he took his scalp at Kelso, uh, running a mild mate final start last season and like you said bumped into an absolutely thriving type last time out in the shape of Strictly a dancer Silver Hallmark is a horse who could well just be very very well handicapped uh, off his current rating because he won four five races off you can make a case that that's very lenient and he might just be Good enough to go and win, to go and win this. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Without the prices, I think I think I'm I'm with Empire Steel. Yeah, I, I think a little bit of an agreement here. <laughs> what do you make of Cloudy Glen, pal? By the way, because he was very very good last time out, but he doesn't massively appeal to me as a sort of horse to either perform well from higher in the weights or back form up. Yeah, what was he? What, what did he go up? Twelve pounds was it? Um... It, like you said, it, he's very inconsistent, and I'd like to see him put a nice bit of form uh, to to that race. Um, but it's going to be a, a big challenge to, to go and win this again off a twelve pound higher mark. Um, possibly a, a more competitive uh, race for the for the, the speed. I think which uh, now they know what the plan will be with him. I think they'll. They'll get him out and try and get him up there. Other horses to try and put him off early on. So um, it'd be interesting. To see. Um, it, it won't be for me because there's always that. And going through his form, he always, whenever he runs a good race, he always puts a, a poor one in after it. So uh, you'd like to think that this that will probably happen here as well. The racing post novice chase, Jim, looks like a match between Fernie Hollow. At ten to eleven and Riviera Tell at seven to four. Uh, my only other takeaway from this field is that Gallant John Joe's still a novice, a hundred to one. I'm sure I put him up for a novice handicap. That's not even been a race for a, for a year or so. <laughs> a year or two? Yeah, can't believe it. Uh, Fernie Hollow Jim did well on his chasing debut. Riviera Tell will get chunks of weight though. She's clearly improved for her fence. Tricky little match, this. Yes, certainly interesting. 
Um, Fernie Hollow, looking at his, his career, um, scared with a few injuries here and there, but uh, on bare form, he's got magnificent form, beaten, uh, beat Bob Ollinger uh, at Goring last year, um, won the champion bumper, beaten, appreciated it, and made a, a nice chase debut against Corsa Blindman, the devil's coachman, you raised me up, gentlemen, to me, he's no, no, certainly no mugging behind either, and his jumping wasn't exactly Bob on, but um, as soon as, as Patrick Mullins asked him for a bit more on the running, he absolutely flew home. Uh, his jumping will be put to the test here. Uh, River Detail, the four-year-old filly, has obviously relished fences um, with three wins from three three starts over them. At grade three last time, uh, just supreme ease and a uh, bit of a poor race. But, but the race before the grade two, um, Cape Gentleman had been having a nice spin uh, over fences and uh, won some nice races, novice races over in Ireland. So um, certainly no mug, but the Phillies allowance and, and the four-year-old allowance will certainly help Rivera tell here. Um, however, Fernie Hollow could be pretty special this season and, and I'm looking forward to seeing him hopefully have a full season without injury. He, he's not a horse you'd put a lot of hope in to later season, such as Cheltenham. I won't be backing him anti-post just yet. Um, but I, I, he's a horse with a lot of potential, and I, I'd like to see him get the better of Rivera Detail here. Yeah, I think he will as well, Jim. Uh, you mentioned how strong the form of that beginner's chase was. You know, Cursor Bleem was a a little bit of a champion hurdle each way fancy a couple of years ago, wasn't he? And he beat him well, the Devil's Coachman, again, was, a whole, was another horse who I think a lot of people saw as a bit of a sneaky each way supreme contender last season before he got got injured late in the day. You raised me up and gentlemen to me are two above average horses. Uh, he was very very convincing and I like I like Riviera telling and she's very hard to knock over what she's done up as a chaser so far, consistently getting weight you know off off the boys, and she's still a four year old. But I don't think she's ever met a rival as good as Fernie Hollow when he was. He was vastly superior to her. Uh, well, I'm going to say he was vastly superior to her as a hurdler. You can't really say because he only won a maiden hurdle. But, you know, he they were a bloody good maiden hurdler. <laughs> yeah, he beat Bob Ollinger. Uh, he was a champion bump winner. Oh, I think he'll win. I think he'll win. I th- Do you know what? It's, it's, it's absolutely mental that Bernie Hollow is a horse who is a Cheltenham Festival winner and has you know, being talked of as a, as a top-class prospect for a long time. But probably the, the actual piece of form with most substance is a beginner's chase. <laughs> Mad, isn't it? Yeah, it is, pal. Uh, on to a race that's far less interesting, the Christmas hurdle. Uh, ruins Christmas every year. Epiton is 4-5 to five on to be not so sleep. 4-5 to five on. 4-5 to five to be not so sleepy. <laughs> A hundred to thirty. Soaring Glory is six to one to win a race that clearly won't be set up uh, to suit him. I'm not falling for that again. Tritonic is seven to one. Goshen is twelve. Glory and Fortune is thirty-three to one. Uh, oh, Jim, this is this is uninteresting, and I don't like anything. What's the point of having the Christmas hurdle? Anyway, should the Christmas well, hurdle? It used, it used to be good. Going up, they used to have some right horses win it. It, it. You know, you know when it changed. 
Go when it, it went to shit. Go on. When Nico ruined Christmas. <laughs> Iconic. Iconic, that was. Uh, but obviously, Epiton heads the field. Um, winner of the, well, joint winner of the party fifth last time. Um, I, I still think to this day that she, that she's won it by a nose, but the photo obviously tells otherwise. Um, but Mate, ten years ago, can I just refer to Ten years ago, the first three were binocular rock on Ruby and Overton. What's gone wrong? Are people buying three mile points of pointers and wanting to win gold cups instead of champion hurdles now? Yeah, that, that that's what it is. But I look at that and I think, oh, why can't we have, have something like this? Overturn would, would carry all these on his back and still win it. <laughs> um, well, if, if you look at it, there's the, the flat horses that normally go jumping uh, are going for bigger money and going abroad now instead of um, instead of staying over hurdles and staying in England. So uh, that's obviously a, a, a reason and maybe appreciated staying over hurdles might not, not necessarily be a bad thing for the champion hurdle field. Um, but Epiton, champion hurdle winner, we saw her last season probably wasn't wasn't necessarily the best and the kissing spines have been sorted. Um, just kept bumping into Honeysuckle, who's a far superior horse to her now. And... Um, I, I'd be disappointed if Epiton doesn't go and win this. Um, she's the best horse in the race. Not so sleepy. Or, he has his quirks, and I know he dead heated with her last time, but um, he's on his day. He's good, and sometimes he's not. And he's just a bit of a lunatic, really. And um, it would be hard to to be confident we're not so sleepy. Tritonic won that that uh, hurdle at Ascot, the the Grade Three. Last weekend, beating one more for the road, who beat saw in glory last time. Um, quick turnaround, up six pounds into grade one quality class. I think we'll need to improve once again. And, and looking at that Kempton race last year that we all got excited for uh, in the Adonis about Tritonic, it was nice to see him show another similar performance to it at the weekend. And I think... I don't think I could be confident on him backing him up here. I know winner over course and distance in that race. Um, but I think he might just be found out by better horses here. Soaring Glory, we we got mugged off a little bit last time. Uh, I still think he's a, he's a shout for the champion hurdle. Um, I think each way he might come into the reckoning later, later on in, in, in the season. Bigger field, stronger pace. He'll certainly suit him a lot more. Um, so this I'd agree with that, Jim. If the champion hurdle was only ran with UK horses, I think Highland have at least what. But barring Epitop, to be fair, who, who ran well at Punchestown, but do Ireland not just have, you know, especially with appreciate going back over hurdles, four or five better than anything we have? Yeah, uh, yeah you'd think so, wouldn't you? However. You never know on the day the way the race will suit. Look, like two years, three years ago, we were looking at that champion hurdle, and there was Epiton, Charger, Bouvardere, uh, not Epiton, sorry, Bouvardere, uh, and the two of them fell on the day, and all a bit the the Gavin Cromwell horse has just slipped my mind one, but there was still an upset on the day, and and they still have to jump round, and I, I still think Soaring Glory could be a bet on the day 
if he turns up to the champion hurdle. So I won't be sleeping on him in this. I was, I was disappointed last time and, and we've seen him in handicaps dominate big fields, uh, cruising to the race. I think his jumping needs to brush up a lot. I, I was very disappointed with that in Newbury last time. Um, but I, I think Soaring Glory may be second here, I think. Uh, I know the race isn't, isn't looking set to suit him, but I still think he could finish closer than uh, and run better than what he did last time. Um, and Goshen, what do you do with Goshen? Just looks completely out of love of everything. Um, so, for me, I think Soaring Glory could be the forecast play, and I, I could be a little bit bit of a mug, to be honest, because it's quite clearly Smallfields don't suit him. However, I still think he's in time. He will be better than not so sleepy and tritonic. I'm feeling scumbaggy each way as well, Jim, but I, f- I feel that way about Tritonic. It's also, you know, I've always liked, the first time I didn't back him this season was at the weekend, obviously. So, given how good he was in the Adonis last year, I know it was a Mickey Mouse race, but he looked for a long time like he, like he was, you know, going to be up to this level, really. He was a, he's a, one of the best flat horses to go hurdling for a while. Or to at least, you know, make a solid fist of hurdling. Uh, th- this track we know suits him. And winning a big handicap like he did, I thought he ran well in the Greatwood as well, and winning a big handicap like he did at the weekend entitles him to, you know, be on the coattails and not so sleepy. Who, you know, did very well to, to get himself for grade one in the dead heat with Epitone last time, but... There's only one bit of form there that entitles him to be 100 to 30. I mean, I guess he was fifth in the champion hurdle as well last season, so it wasn't completely out of nowhere. But Would you want to back Epiton, odd job? Not really. In a race that um, she got beaten last year. I know she wasn't right in it last year, but she has not yet be produced, produced her best since winning the fight in fifth last season. Uh it's an absolutely minging race. Uh, I hope Glory and Fortune wins. <laughs> no, so I'd love if we got to March and we were talking about, you know, going, oh, Leon Cavallo's a sneaky each way champion hurdle contender. At this rate, Miranda could be a champion hurdle contender for, for the English. It's just good fun, isn't it, mate? It's good fun. Let's bring Bally Andy back. <laughs> Go on then, Jimmy. A bit more seriousness. If you had to have a bet in the Christmas hurdle, what would you play? I think I'd play Epitome first, Soaring Glory second. I think. But that, I, I, I'm still adamant Soaring Glory is, is a better horse than quite a few of these. I think I go Tritonic each way, but it's not a race. It's probably not a race I'll, I'll have a bet in yet at the current price because it's minging. Uh, the Fahim novices chase Jim again. It's not a race I'm particularly keen on here. Gabby Nako is two to one, five to beat Vanillier at eleven to two. Beacon Edge six to one. Lifetime ambition eight. Fernie Hollow is tens, but he doesn't run here. Twelve's Kate Gentleman and Mister Incredible sixteen to one. Fury Road. <sighs> Am I going to say something absolutely mental here? Go on. I'm just running down, making sure there isn't another 
another race where he could turn up this Christmas. I know he never wins, but he's fury rolled overpriced. No, you've said it. Why have you said that? Because look at how close he was to beating Beacon Edge last time and there's 10 points difference between them. And I know he doesn't ever want to win. He's in a beginner's chase on the 28th and he's in the Grade 1 novice at Leopardstown on the 29th. On the 29th. I'm looking for price for that. That'll be over three miles, won't it? Yeah. There's no betting for that yet, which is a shame. Uh, That was half my worry, but if he turned up here, he wouldn't be the worst... The worst bet in the world, I don't think. Uh, I'll run through my problems with all of these. Go on. Vanillier's not a two and a half miler. Correct, yeah. Mr. Incredible is definitely not a two and a half miler. He's a bold. Lifetime ambition is yet to prove he's this level. Yes. I like Kate Gentleman, but is he being found out a bit recently? Yeah, I, I was quite disappointed with how he jumped last time, but I, I can see your point, yeah. Which leaves it Beacon Edge and Gabby Nacko. I think Gabby Nacko's the, the, the more solid sort. Well, he would have won last time had he jumped better, wouldn't he? Yeah, and he hung late on. But Beacon Edge was better than him over hurdles, and he's trebled the price for beating him last time. And I know, of, I know, you know, anyone, anyone who can read a race properly and say, yeah, you'd expect different circumstances would have seen Gabby Narco win. But given that Beacon Edge was, albeit having having more opportunity to to run to a high level, a superior horse over hurdles, and you know, I say won a Grade One over fences last time out at the expense of the favourite. Uh, Everything about this race should suit him. Uh, I don't. I don't get why I wouldn't back him, even as a scumbag each way at six to one. But I think you know. I, I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be twos and sixes. No, that's fair. Um, I, I think Gavin Ako, although he's favourite, has been the most solid offences, and uh, I know he's only got his head in front once when he did beat Fury Road, but. Um, and like like Lewis said in that during more, I think he, if he'd have jumped better, he'd have probably have won that race. He did dictate the pace and, and sort of set the race up for himself, which obviously suited him. Um, but it, it, most of the the runners in behind uh, re uh, re here, and um, I just think he's more solid, Gavin Ako, and I, I think you can trust him more than than a few others. Kate Gentleman is a horse I like a lot, and I think. When he got beat by Rivera Tell in that grade two at Punchestown, I thought he looked slow. And no part in his career did I think he was slow. He, I thought he was a, a probably going to be an out and out two miler. We we saw him um, win that Dovecote at Kempton last year, and I thought it was a serious nice horse. But um, slightly been campaigning toughly this season, but he's he's shown a lot of uh, pluses rather than negatives. And I know the last two have probably been slightly. Negative, but I, I like what he's done prior to that, and he's a horse won't give up on. He's he's only a five year old, and um, I think he's had a little bit of a break uh, for a horse that's been toughly campaigned so far. And uh, I I think Kate Gentleman, I don't underestimate him in this. Yeah, that, I guess that's fair, mate. I guess that's fair. Uh, it's not a race I'm particularly infused about. I don't see any of these being good enough to compete at the uh, 
Cheltenham Festival over two and a half miles yet. Vanilla might well end up being the Irish number one for the RSA. Yeah, I think I can see that. Obviously, the feature race of Boxing Day is the King George the Sixth Chase. Clandes O'Bow heads the betting at 11 to 4. Minella Rindo 3 to 1. Frode on 5. Chantry House 11 to 2. Asterion full on 6s. Lost in translation, up the boy 10 to 1. Jim's going down to watch him. 16s, St. Calvados. 25s, Tornado Fire. 40s, Mr. Fisher. 66 to 1, Dash or Dasher. Oh, it's open this year, mate. It's a fascinating, fascinating renewal. Lots of nice horses in the race. Lots of different angles into it. Um, it's going to be a long trek down, but I'm hoping it's surely going to be worth it. We'll start with Lost then, shall we, mate? Obviously, it's not been the happiest of hunting grounds for him. Paul Taylor said on the podcast, so that they've always felt that this was going to be the sort of race for him. And you can kind of see why, given what he's done at other venues. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, travels, jumps, um, a mix of speed and stamina. I think this year it's going to take a fair amount of, of getting. Um, I think there's going to be a fair amount of pace up front, which could suit, suit him a, a lot as well. Um, so I, I, I'm looking forward to going into this. I, th- I think, like Paul said on the podcast as well, I think he's, I think Kenton's bang up his street as well. I, I think being able to jump and travel and cruise is what he, he enjoys. It's not going to end up being a, a slog, even though I do think stamina will come into play later on, but he's got that in reserve. Um, I thought he, he looked a, a shadow of his former self last season. But back back into the winner's enclosure at Ascot last time. Um, it was one of them races where it was going to go two ways. He was either going to bolt up or he was going to bomb out, and he bolted up. Um, jumped to them silly, tracked the pace. Master Tommy Tucker and Dashwood Drasher possibly took themselves each other on too soon, but that's, that let, lost stamina kicking late on, uh, and he, he was made to shine. And I, I think this is the next logical step towards the Gold Cup. Um, He's a he's a high class chaser and uh, I think he's he's got a, another chance if he goes into the Gold Cup fighting fits. I think he he'll show a, a lot better than what he did last year uh, and I really can't wait to see him uh, try and strutty stuff at Kempton and oh, it's going to be a, a nervy nervy fifteen minutes. It's one of them where I'll be really really confident a week going up to the race. Well, we are in the week going up to the race, but with twenty minutes before the race. I won't be able to watch. <laughs> Who do you see then, mate, as as the biggest threat to Lost? Frodon. I think I think Frodon. Um, I can understand why Clandesobo and Minella Indo are, are favourites, and I understand uh, that probably they've had more peak ratings and better performances than Frodon, maybe at, at grade one level. But I thought Frodon last year was very very impressive. Um, I thought Bryony was was inch perfect, got the race perfect, uh, and he just kept finding. And I thought she did the same at Down Royal, beating Manella Rindo, who looked like a like a big fat cow walking around the parade ring from the pitches, and and he'll certainly be a lot fitter for this. Um, and I know I've just disregarded a two-time King George winner and a Gold Cup winner, um, but I think Frodon will be the horse to beat, having been there, done it last year. Um, and shown that he's still going strong at the age of nine, turning ten uh, after the down, down royal race. 
I'd agree with you, and I feel like Frodon's overpriced. I think I think Frodon deserves to be joint three to one favourite. Um, I can understand why Clandesobo is three to one. Um, he, he he didn't really travel at all last year, and he never really looked comfortable. And he still finished third and looked like he had somewhat of a chance of returning for home. Um, he was disappointed at Newbury. You would have liked to have seen him uh, do better there. Of course, he's a two-time King George winner. You have to respect him. But I just feel like Frodon... It's not that Clan Dizol was not likeable and not... Um, who do you think the better horse is, Clan Dizol or Frodon? Three miles around Kempton. Uh, at the peak, Clan. Solidly. Yeah. But I just feel like maybe... First time out is probably where to where to find him, and, and that's see that's seen to best effect throughout throughout the season. And we've seen him do well in other races as well in his career. First time out. So, if there's a trainer to get a horse bang on for the day, first time out is Paul Nichols, and you'll expect Clandesobo to be bang there. Yeah, I'd, I I agree. I, I understand why Clandy's favourite because I think Frodon wouldn't be capable of producing. Clan's peak performances. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, I think Clan's best is better than Frodon's best. Uh, and he ended last season in, in fine form. You know, the defeat of Alban Fort at Punchestown was very, very good. And even though he didn't have much to beat at Aintree, he absolutely walloped them. Uh, we, like, like you said, with other yards, you, you might have a bit of doubt about him going first time up. And I guess there is always maybe a 5%. 5% in the back of your mind thinking, oh, well, at least we want to see him and make sure he's still the same horse. But with Paul Nichols, I think that's easier to put to your back of the mind than it would be with other yards. Manila Rindo just doesn't strike me as a Kempton horse. I know, and Barry Maloney's been quite vocal this week saying um, travels, jumps, um, and thinks Kempton will be bang up his street. And I, and I, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think, what's he thinking about? This horse was an RSA winner. Uh, it was going to be an RSA winner. Until... <laughs> In your dreams, lad. So, sorry, it, it's still quite touchy. Uh, and also an Albert Bartlett winner. So, it, Albert Bartlett winners aren't quick. Let's, let's be honest. And three miles around Kempton, he could have his armbands on absolutely paddling as, as Frodon and uh, Dashiell Drasher take each other on at the front. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Manila Endo's best performances have all come when stamina has been at a premium. He's clearly a very, very good female chaser over any set of circumstances. But do I think he's likely to likelier to bring his A game to Kempton than Clan off road on? No. I don't. Uh, I mean if A if Apple didn't have to go one way around, surely he'd be an island still. Correct. So I'm against Minella Rindo here. For all, I think he might finish fourth or fifth and then still go home in the Gold Cup. Place lay. Place lay? Yeah. Minella Rindo won't be placed. I'll come up with a price for that, Jim, and I might take that bet on. Uh, <laughs> I've already explained why I, why I, I think throw it onto the bet. Do you know what? I, I did a bit of stats last, uh, last night. I do... I was looking into... Because I, I always feel, when I, when I saw the market for this, I always thought, they've underestimated Frodon again. 
And I went back to see whether it was something I had in, you know, had in my own head that it was just a horse who was underestimated constantly. But he is, he's won 12 graded races. He's gone off favourite for two of them. They were the, when he won the Pendle, <laughs> a fairly Mickey Mouse Pendle, and when he won the Oaks he chased last year, they're the only two times he's, he's won a graded race as favourite. And I know a couple of those, you know, with the big field handicaps that he's won off big weights, but that's a fairly remarkable, you know, remarkable stat for a horse who was a King George and a Ryanair to his name and has been around for as long as Frodon has. Uh, he's just got little to prove. I thought he ran, you know, Bryony rode him brilliantly in this last year, dictated from the front, did exactly, you know, what should be done on Frodon. I thought he ran a good race in the Gold Cup. I thought he ran better than I was expecting him to. I thought he was going to get his arse handed to him. Uh, well, he did. No, I don't think he. I don't think he got his arse handed to him. I don't think he did that. He ran about as well as a horse who didn't stay could. And that, that to me, is different than a bad run. You know, this, this is the same horse who didn't stay well who won a three-mile two handicap round Cheltenham. But he didn't stay in the Gold Cup because of the tempo and the quality of horses in behind. You know what I mean? You saying Bolt wouldn't win 10,000 metres against Mo Farah, but he'd probably beat you. No, he wouldn't. Have you ever met me? <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I mean by that? Right? Yeah, 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 I get you. But uh, you chuck the curveball in that is Asterian for lunch. Um, the absolute lunatic. Well, I can, was going so well last time um, in that John Durkin. Do you reckon he'd have got the better of Alaho? Uh God, I wouldn't like to say. Uh, <laughs> if he puts in a clear round, he's going to be there or thereabouts. But, of course, it, it's Asterian Falange. Which side of the bed does he wake up? Who knows? He's, it, is, it, is it fair enough for me to bring back the phrase fruitcake for him? Yeah, there's so many things he does wrong. Uh, even if he did stay up, are, are you convinced by his finishing effort? No, it's never something I've really thought about, really. And also, stepping up to three miles for the first time, do you think he'll enjoy that? I can see why they're doing it. It wouldn't be a massive problem, but I wouldn't back a horse uh, who clearly does as many things wrong as a Styrian Falange at six to one for a King George. With you know, so with with the winner of the last three years, the winners of the last three years, and the reigning Gold Cup winner in it, no yeah. chance. Do you think he's too short in the betting as well? Yes, uh, I'd, I'd have him tens, twelves. I I agree. It wouldn't it wouldn't be for me at all in this. Uh, Shantry House is an odd horse because he keeps winning, but it still feels like no one rates him. <laughs> it's like the kid that wins everything at school that no one likes. Um, like you said, won at Cheltenham last year, winning winning the Marsh, and obviously everyone's going to go. Well, Envoy Allen would have won it, uh, and then at Aintree, uh, everyone was going to say Espoir de Rome was going to win it, um, but they didn't stay on their feet and. Uh, he had a Mickey Mouse race in the intermediate, just to infuriate more people. Mickey Henderson with his excellent placement. Um, and in here, I think he could be found out against... This is going to be his toughest race he's, he's probably ever been. By some distance, and I think on the, the balance of probabilities, that he won't be good enough, I think. Agre- 
Agreed. I think he was handed two grade ones last season. Uh, he had absolutely nothing to beat at Aintree once Esperado or Mayfell, given how below form Fiddler and Shan Blue were. Fuser Raffles is a 150 horse who we had to beat to in the marsh. Uh, I think the winner will come from the first three in the betting. I think the winner will be trained by Paul Nichols. I think it's Frodon and Clan. I, you know, I will be cheering Lost on, but I don't think I could back him myself at tens. Like you said, I'm not. I don't. I'm not sure how many horses gave their running at Ascot for him to beat, and he did it very, very well. And God, I hope. You know, I mean, he's, it was clearly better than anything he did last season, and I hope so much it's a step back into the 170-odd performances. But, you know, he still has, I guess, a bit more to prove than than several of, the, of, of these in the field. Have I mean, you ever seen me cry, Lewis? No, I know you would be, though, mate. I'd, my head would go. I'd be bouncing around like a clown. <laughs> Might be able to swim home with the amount of tears that will probably come out if he won the King George. Um, but I, I, I can't wait to see it happen. And, and a, a safe spin, back safe, is what's most important. But um, I'd, I'd love him to do the Nichols duo and, uh, and the Irish horse. Oh, I, the juices are flowing everywhere. Oh, I can't wait. We'll get into them, pal. We'll get into them. I, I can, I can, I can see him going well. I can see him going better than than for the last two years, definitely. I, I think Frozen has to be the bet. I, I, I certainly think. I think Frozen's a horse to beat. I think five to one each way is 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 completely is, is a cracking bet. Um, but I also think Lost is a is a fair each way price, and I, I think. Uh, 11, 12 to 1 each way. I can see possibly, well, I don't fancy Manila Indoor at all for this race. Um, Chantry House, I think, lost is better than, uh, which sort of sets it up for, for, for him being third best. And even if I still think he can progress to a higher mark, I, I still think there's a big another couple of big performances in him, and I think this, this could be one of them. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, you, you said a couple of weeks ago. Weeks ago, that you thought Frodon was the best staying chaser in training. Yeah, I, I and I, I think I still stick with that. I, I don't, I won't go that far, but I think he'll win another King George. Hmm, At the prices, I think he's the best bet to win another. He, King I'd George, rather back, I'd rather back Frodon at fives and Clandis over at threes. Yeah, I think, I think I'd agree. Uh, later in the week, Jim, uh, there's. The watch racing online with Coral Handicap Chase, Silver Hallmark's favourite for that. He obviously has other options, like of When You're Ready, Fernando Civila and Numito. Also in there, that, that could be a tired little race, that, mate. Uh, the Paddy Rewards Club Chase, always the first prop one we'll touch on. Energamine, 9-4 on to beat Shaq and Postfire at threes on violin sixes. Uh, and then battle over Diane, Sam Crow and Sizing Potsy are all are all turning up for day out as well. Uh, if they went like if they were priced up like that on the day, I'd back CPS. What? Really? After that woeful performance around Sunday? Too bad to be true. They said it felt wrong. Patrick said it felt wrong. 
We know it was too bad to be true. Anergamine is class, class, class. But I don't want people to forget how good Shaq and Poissoir is. And three to one, you know, to win a race. Which, let's be fair, the last two seasons he'd be, he'd have been, you know, ridiculously short price. I know Sim- simply Ned managed to beat him one year, did he not? Yeah. Or was that against <laughs> Min? No, that could have been Min. Now you've said that. I'll find out, but. No, Athletar beats Shackle Poissoir in this two years ago. That's that's who it was. Is that two years? Man, memory's yeah. absolutely gone. Athletar over uh, two miles. And I mean, look, this, this, he still never really beat a horse as good as as good as Sam Crow. Has he? Well, I guess Notebook last time out, but Notebook did the wrong thing. The tactics were wrong in trying to match an Ergemine because it gave him no chance. You know, the, the race was over from when Notebook was broken by trying to match him. So I, I understand why they tried to do it, but in hindsight, probably the wrong move because it gave Ergemine nothing to beat after halfway. Uh, he probably will win, but Shakun Boswell was the best chaser in training last season. What he did at Punchestown was ridiculous. I'd happily have him at freeze to bounce back to form. Because have people already forgotten how good he is? He just doesn't like England, does he? Really? Well, on another day, he'd have won the champion chase. I'm convinced about that. No. But, no, there was six, they could have had six winners at Champion Chase last year. It was such a messy race. It was such a messy race, exactly, mate. And he had a physical problem at, at, at Sandown. So I can forgive them both. Inerjamin is the likeliest winner, but 4-9 versus 3-1 to one seems too big of a disparity for, to me. Inerjamin wins. He, he's a machine. Do you want to talk about the finale juvenile hurdle, Jim? Not really. No, me neither. Skycutter's uh, a nice horse, though, but, and I hope Kirby's do well with him. Yeah, I, I, I can I can have that. Uh, I don't really want to talk about the future champions novice hurdle either. Had to know he was going to turn up, but Kilcrut and Laggy Davy were currently joint fast, so that mighty Potter in there as well. So Gerhard, he's, a, he's priced up, but he's priced up as if he's not turning up at 6-1, to because you'd assume he'd be near enough favourite after what Kilcrut did on debut. Gronji is a good mare. She's 4-1 for that, but I have no no major opinion. Uh, so, we'll move on to the Welsh National Gym. This is a race that it's easier to have an opinion about. Secret Reprieve 5s, the Big Dog 7s, Highland Hunter 8s, Hold That Tor 8s, Free Under Through 5 9s, Time to Get Up 11s, I Will Do It 12s, Desha Abba, Mighty Thunder and Royal Pagai 14-1. to one. Sticking back, former winner Potter's Corner in there at 16. Native River is 20s. Come on, the boy. Any opinion on the Welsh National? I, I was going to hand it over to you first. It's a race that uh, involves a lot of slow horses galloping around the field. I'll let you go first. Uh, let's run through the ones at the top then. Secret Reprieve was very good in this last season. 
you know, high, higher in the weights. I think he's up to 142 now mm-hmm. for winning the Welsh National last year. Obviously, he got in, he got in under a penalty, didn't he? He looked like, that, like, like he'd be capable of doing that. He'd be cracking for Evan Williams to win this race after the horrific news about Silver Streak. Uh, I can have him and I can understand why he's favourite. I like the big dog in Ireland. He won the, was it the Punchestown National Trial last season? He did. Being screaming colours. Yeah, you know, looked look, look a thorough stayer then. Yet to really have a race go his way yet this season. Don't think he was ever going to be good enough to be Eckhart de Ria at Wexford. And a bit of a bit of a messy race in the staying handicap hurdle at Navan won by Commander of Fleet last time out. This should be more up his street. Not mad to whether he's the most well handicapped of animals though. Off one four seven. Highland Hunter again was a horse I I kind of liked that I decided he'd gone gone up a bit too much in the weights and then he proved me wrong on one anyway. Again, you see, he can he can pose a threat off one four nine. Managed to edge out Daisha Abba last time at Sandown in the London National. Again, gets in under a penalty. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that definitely. Uh, it's a sort of race where I want to be looking for one at a bigger price, mate. If I'm yeah. honest, I like I like the top ones in the betting, but I'm not sure they are mega unexposed or mega well treated. Highland Hunter aside, given that he's he's running under a penalty. I guess the other one that's probably worth mentioning is is Hold That Tart, who's also very, very prominent and beat Christmas in April up at Carlisle last time, that was second season, uh, novice chaser. <laughs> beaten, you know, very closely beaten by the long-time antipost favourite for this, asked me earlier at Chepstow last season, and he looks like the sort of horse, a typical Venetia stayer that will improve for getting a slog over a trip. But I, I probably will be looking looking down the betting here, mate. Uh, what do you make of... I know we've mentioned him again. Would, what do you make of St. Bart's nowadays? That's what I was going to say. 40 to 1 St. Bart's is something that I'm not interested in, especially with the... the Sort of idea that Native River is going to go this way. Uh, it would receive a hell of a lot of weight. Um, I think he's down to be carrying nine stone eight, um, which will obviously be sorted out on the day when when the field's finally declared. Um, for Mark of one three four, I I thought he last time out I thought he was coming with a bit of a chance round round the bend and once again his jumping was slightly clumsy, which we've seen a lot in his his career so far. Uh, just jumps, just puts puts the extra stride in a few and just gets in into a bit close to them. Um, but we saw him at Newbury and he, I was really impressed with what he did that day. And I still think there's a nice race off in there. And the handicap has not moved him from last time. And 
I thought he was going to be a third or fourth last time, um, but he just absolutely drifted back. But this this extra um, seven, well, extra mile will, will certainly suit him. Um, he's a slow horse. If he's jumping stairs together throughout the race, I think he, I think he'll he'll be within the first six uh, coming to the second last year if they're still there. Um, but he's a, he's a horse I've got a lot of time for, and I think this something like this is he, could have been the plan for a while. And I, I think forty to one slightly underestimates him. I think I think he should be a little bit shorter than that. But I'm I'm not complaining. Um, elegant escape, a horse who obviously won the race before and uh, off a mark of of one fifty fifty one. He's in the race this year off a mark of one five six. And he made a, 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 a very good, more than, more than acceptable reappearance over a two mile, over two miles over hurdles at Sandown, having been off for an injury. Um, the last time we saw him was the Gold Cup in 2020. Um, and uh, a horse that's won this race before, he, he likes this sort of stamina test. Will the rain come in time for him so it's slow enough is, is the question. And that's the only question mark with him. I think he'll go very well. Uh, elegant escape, but like you said, good to see the old boy Native River in here. Um, he can't do it, surely. Um, but I'd love him to. I think so. You think it happened? Agreed, agreed. Um, but Mighty Thunder's a, Mighty Thunder's a horse I, I'd like to keep on the right side of. Um, winner of the Scottish National last year, and a race of course similar to this. Um, I didn't think he ran all that badly in the Charlie Hall. I know he finished fourth, and he would have been absolutely swamped by Sean Blue. Um, but I just think a proper, proper stamina test is what he wants, and his mark is is a little bit high last time. Uh, now, sorry, but I think I think there's he'll be competitive in other races, and like I said, it will be a benefit to the fact that Native River and an and elegant escape will be it probably going to the race with higher ratings with less weight to carry. Um, so they're they're the main ones for me. Like I agree with a, a lot with what you said with the big dog. I think his handicap mark is a little bit too harsh, and I think Secret Reprieve. I think he's one forty. His handicap mark. Um, I think if if he reproduces last year's performance, he might be placed. He needs to have improved again. This race is better this year than it was last year. Fair enough, mate. One or two other ones I'd I'd give a mention to at a bigger price. Uh, I think Eva's Oscar has been running well this season and I can see him staying this trip. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Corrick Rambler who beat him last time at Cheltenham. Eva's Oscar gave a good fist to beating him there as well, only beating two lengths. Prior to that, runner-up again behind Capga de Lille, one of Venetia's, you know, at the start of Venetia's season. Capga de Lille has gone in again. He's been beaten there by two horses who were well handicapped on the day. He's 33-1. to one. Has always shaped like a stayer. He ran in the River Donners and Novice Hurdler, which is always a sign of a boat. Uh, I don't think he should be 33s. Yeah, that's interesting. He'd be another. It is. It is a race where I where I want to have a go. Where I want to have a go. Uh, the mighty Donald probably will it, win it and he'll ruin Christmas. <laughs> First time ever, I've probably not. Not tried to make a case for him. <laughs> what would you do if the Mighty Don won? Please give us something outlandish. Uh, I'd pay eighty-five pound for a Grinch visit. 
That'll do. That'll do. Uh, they're the two, I think. Oh, and do you know who else I'd mentioned? Because he's still in there. Hill 16. Thought he's shaped like, you know, very well. As as you'd expect for a horse, a staying chaser recently transferred to Sandy Thompson, very narrowly denied in the beat to chase last time out. Finished that with full of running. He's 20 to 1. Clearly, you know, clearly horse who ran a good race last time out for a trainer who consistently gets the best out of types like him. Uh, surprise, he's 20s when there are, you know, horses who I, I think have more to prove much shorter. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I think this is one of the better renewals we've seen for a while. It looks strong. It looks strong. So, Yellow's in there as well. Yellow will finish third. <laughs> He's in your in your track, Aston Forecast. Um, special. Jim, not loads of time left. Do you have any opinion on the Paddy Power Chase? That's always one of my favourite races of the year. Nothing, nothing strong. Anything from yourself? Uh, not, not massively yet. I can see why Conflated and the Bosses Oscar uh, head the betting. Noble Yates would be very, very interesting if turning up. That's a horse I like. Uh, Interested to see Darvis Star entered in a three-mile handicap chase as well. Yeah, certainly. I'll always look forward to that. It's probably the sort of one I'll tweet about when we get final decks, if anyone wants a bit more depth from me on that. Uh, Over in Ireland, though, Jim, before we we wrap this up, the Savills chase, Apple Tarf is 5-6 to beat Galvin at 11-2. Album photo 13-2, though he's going to Tremor again, is he not? I think so, yeah. Protectorate, 13 to 2. Nines on Violent, 10's Alaho, Delta Worth, and Kenboy. Manella Rindo is 10's, but he goes to Kempton. Janadil, 11's. Uh, and the rest of them seem unlikely to turn up. Uh, Christmas. Uh, I don't know why I just said Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, get all your Christmas money on Apple Tar. I think maybe Simple. that's what we're trying to say. But. I've only said one of the five words. <laughs> um, like you said, I, I, last time's Betfair was an absolute battering uh, blitz the field. And, and I've said on quite a few occasions now that um, I don't think that race is as, as good as what it might end up to be. Um, Not a horse on the planet had beaten him that day. Mm-hmm. I, I behind. He was so good that nothing would have touched him. Yeah, I, I, I think on that day, yeah. However, a different proposition here. Do I want to take him on at eight to eleven? Probably yes. Um, although he is shown that he's rock solid. Um, unlucky in the Gold Cup last year. And going into this at eight to eleven, I'd rather have something at a swing. It's Gal- Galvin, I thought, ran very, very well last time behind Fraud on beat Manila Indoor. I know he's been on the go for for a bit and uh, had the, the benefit of fitness, but I, I just feel like I'd rather back Galvin each way at 11-2 than, than, than Aplutar at this moment in time. I can see that. 
I, I can see why you're saying that. Do you think Galvin has now proven himself as a bona fide grade one level chaser, or was he fortunate to get as close to winning at Downwell as he did due to the fact that he was a race fit horse? I think he was fortunate, but I also think he is a grade one horse now. Um, you look at that performance in the National last year and beat Next Destination, who I think is a grade one horse, Ascaria 10, who um, we haven't necessarily seen to, to best effect since, and Snow Leopardess, who won the Beecher. I think the form of that is is, is fairly solid um, as well. I know only beat Animix by half a length, but I just feel like he's got. He's on a bit of a roll now, and and if he is to pick up a Grade One, it could, it could be around around now. That's fair enough, mate. But I think this is simple. Aplutar is the best staying chaser in training. Uh, I think he could actually prove to be the best staying chaser in training in a strong in a strong group by a considerable distance nowadays. Uh, you know, they, they were sensible sensible judges liking him to court up after the better fair chase, and I don't think they were absurd shouts at all. He's still a young enough horse. He's got such a ridiculous turn of foot and an amount of pace for a horse who stays as well as he does. Uh, yeah, very, very confident he'll win. Fair enough. The Leopardstown Christmas Hurdle, Jim, this is Ireland's uh, first staying grade one hurdle of the season. Florin Porter and Classical Dream of 5-2 Joint Fab, Sider Burley 6s, Abacadabras 8, same price one pump, Calixios 16s, 20s bar. Any opinion uh, on this, pal? I think this is a fascinating race. I'm looking forward to seeing Classical Dream, Florin Porter and Abacadabra step up to three miles. Um, I mean, Classical Dream, that, that's got to be one of the training performances of, of forever. Um, to bring a horse back who looks absolutely out of it in the Mattersons to go and win a three-mile stairs hurdle. I know it was at Punchestown, and we take Punchestown form with a big, big, big pinch of salt. Um, but that was a very, very impressive performance, stepping up to three miles. And uh, I think I think looking at the, the English three-milers this year, he's probably going to be the, the, the main protagonist from Ireland, even though Florian Porter um, was the w- winner of the race last year. Um, just an unlucky sort of um, fall last time. I, I I didn't think he did an awful lot wrong in the end, um, but just couldn't stay on his feet. And I I think Classical Dream is a better horse than Florian Porter. Um, and Cider Burley will always be six to one for a race of this of this caliber. And Abacadabra stepping up in trip, I think. Uh, I think it might not be necessarily the right thing. For me, but it's interesting that they're going to try it. Yeah, I can see that. I think the betting is probably side of Burley, mate. No, no. Come on. I know he's a horse I've never liked. He's a horse I've never, I've never taken to his horse. I've always wanted to get beat. Every time he's been favourite, I've said he shouldn't be favourite. Uh, and he normally goes and proves me wrong. I thought he, <laughs> he was very good last season. He won the Liz Mullen. A little bit below form in this when third to Florian Porter and the storyteller. Uh, but that was a bit of a Mickey Mouse race because no one, uh, no jockeys in behind thought Florian Porter would carry on the way he did. Everyone just assumed he was going to stop. And when he didn't, they were all at sea. So that was a fair enough run. Runner up 
you know, too far in Porter in the stairs hurdle. And okay, maybe not quite at his best in the Liz Mullen. But Durasso isn't a silly horse and Cyderbell isn't I know he won the Liz Mullen last season, but he's he's never really been a two and a half miler. You know I'm happy enough to take that as a run to tee him up for this. Uh there's less between him and Florian Portal than the market suggests. And I don't want to back classical dream at all. It's fair enough. Dif- differing v- views. Yeah. Interesting. The last one we'll talk about, Jim, we've been here for a while now, is a Matheson hurdle. Charger 11 to 10 to beat. Zana here at 4 to 1. Echoes in Rain at 8. Same price, Saldier. Abacadabras is 10s. Tahupu is 10s. Calixios 12s. Stormy Island 12s. 14 to 1. Bar them. Uh, this is Charger's race. Charger, Charger batters horses in this, doesn't he? Um, I think so, but I can't. I know that the first three in the market are all fair enough price, but I can't help but think Echoes in Rain can't be that bad again. Um, I think. What did you I, beat? I thought I think that was a false, a false one, and I know, I know Paul was, you know, very. And I understand why why Paul Taylor you know put her up as a as a champion hurdle horse pre season because you want to try and find angles and she was one. You know, she was a bit left field and you can make a case for her being an improving horse who could have been a threat to only something time. But, you know, she beat a horse who is now second season of his hurdling to win that she, She's technically she beat Colonel Mustard by further than John Bond, which makes her better than John Bond. <laughs> um, um, I, I just feel like she's still only a five-year-old, and I think there's a little bit more improvement to come. I mean, I think she'll be in the first three, and I think eight to one each way is, is a solid bet. I think Charlie does dominate this race. Um, won it twice before. I think I think Echoes in Rain is a fair enough price and I, I think each way is, is probably where I'll be playing. I like Zana here. I think he's a good horse and I think he'll do well this season. I think he's doing well this season but he was fairly well put in his place by Charger last time and I don't really see why why that should be different. Uh, if anything, is this another case of Charger being underappreciated? If someone said to me who should be odds on out of Charger and Epiton, I'd probably say Charger. Yeah, so would I. Uh, he's a good lad. He's a good lad. Uh, do you want some Christmas naps then, Jim? <laughs> some Christmas naps? Go on. They're all going to be... Mine are all going to be sub two to one. <laughs> Boring. I can't find anything in the handicaps yet. Unless unless you want me to look at like the, the confirmation stage for Fontwell. <laughs> I'm sorry I've not done that much research yet. Uh <laughs> Go on, Kickstarter's off. Uh, Nap, Aplutar, because obviously. Uh, next best. Ah, uh, Fernie Hollow. Third best, Phil Ball, that's your treble. Well, I'll tell you what, listeners are going to be uh, hoping that that, that short price after comes in uh, on uh, over Christmas. Christ. Go on, you say something a bit more interesting and something that'll win. Sh- shall we, do we want prices or do we want, do we want 
something shorter. Go, go with what you think will win, mate. Nap, brave man's game. In the Carto star. I, I think uh, he's better than Ahoy Senor in these conditions. Next best. Next best will be lost. Lost in the King George. I can't not put him in here. I, I, I adore him. And I hope he puts, puts him up to the metal later on. Uh, and my third best. Will be in a bumper at Wincanton with Godot. You heard here first. He's a he's a machine. Good stuff, mate. I like that. That's the sort of interesting thing I wish I had to say. Uh, if you want to make my 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 treble into a four timer, whack charger in there as well. I think all four of them will win. Uh, That's your Christmas. We turn into Luca Coleman Kai. Big, we do this for money, Acker. Let's go for it. Yep. 10p each way. Uh, <laughs> Love it. And that'll be, that'll pay for all, all money I've spent on presents for other people. <laughs> uh, Jim, glad, you, glad you're here. Thank you very much. And um, We'll be listening to Taylor Swift's new, new song on the way down to Kempton on Boxing Day, setting off at a a nice early time of half past five, uh, as all too well uh, her latest re-release has the word lost in translation in it. So um, just picture me singing it on the way down, um, very tired and grumpy probably, uh, but hopefully we can bring a smile to my face. Yeah, top man, mate. hope you have a good Christmas. I hope all our listeners have a good Christmas as well. Thanks to rating the races. Uh, for their support, probably a good time to to get stuck in to see what they're saying as well now, given how busy the period is. Uh, And we'll see you all again soon. Take care. Merry Christmas. See you soon. Stay safe. Merry Christmas.